0: If you dare. Let's go! This is The Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on vSIN.
2: All right, it is the Lombardi line. Week 15 NFL, a lot of big numbers on the board. We'll get to those in just a bit as we say good morning. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi there at the Borgata. Good morning, Michael. How are you?
3: I'm doing great, Patrick. Good morning. I hope this week uh, today's games are as good as the Thursday and the Saturday games as we move forward with the week. Uh, You know, I hope we get those kind of games being played uh, as we move forward. So it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it.
2: Last night was it was interesting, right? A twenty nothing lead going into the third, then all of a sudden seventeen nothing run from the Pats, and then Jonathan Taylor busted that sixty seven yarder, a little over two minutes remaining to kind of seal the deal and the cover for Colts backers. Michael,
3: yeah, well, I mean it's interesting. I was just telling Thomas Gable, I wonder if if Hightower makes that tackle, what does Frank Wright call on third and nine, third and eight? He's right there in the hole if he makes the tackle. What do you think Frank Wright calls on that play? (laughs) I don't know if he called the pass all night, did he? (laughs) Well, he had five completions, and I think actually they had five completions, and I'm I'm pretty sure the Patriots had their hands on more balls than five. I mean, J.C. Jackson should have had two picks in the game. So, I, I mean, look, the Colts were more physical. They won the line of scrimmage against the defense. The Patriots didn't play well, but. There's a big butt here. That was a really impressive performance by Mac Jones. Anybody who claims that if you can't see that Mac Jones is really good, then stop watching quarterbacks and stop watching football. I mean, I read a tweet last yesterday about, well, now we know why the Patriots didn't throw the ball in Buffalo. Are you kidding me? Did you see those throws? Did you see it? I got a text from somebody in the high up in the, in the Colts organization this morning. This guy's really good. I mean, I don't understand the why nobody wants to give the guy credit for being good. It's remarkable. But I will say this: the Patriots and the Colts. I think they'll be. We'll see a rematch. But if the Patriots play to the level that they're capable of playing, I think they're going to be a really hard team to beat. I left that game not disappointed in the Patriots. I left that game really understanding that if when they play their game, when they play their best, they'll beat anybody.
2: Yeah, the Colts jump up to eight and six into the wild card. They're going to be at Arizona on Christmas, Michael. The Patriots still lead in division, and they're going to host the Bills coming up. They sit nine and five. Uncharacteristic, I'd say. One thing that Belichick's going to be frustrated with is the special teams. Obviously, the blocked punt for the touchdown there.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, this is uh, right. The rule in New England is you have to avoid losing before you can win. Right? Block punt. Eight penalties. I mean, really, eight penalties to three to for the Colts, right? Two fumbles, you don't lose them, but you get them back. I mean, it's just sloppy tackling. They didn't play well. They played like a team coming off a bye, even though Indianapolis was coming off a bye, but they didn't practice as well. Mac Jones' comments this morning indicate, you know, we didn't practice very well this week. It looked like it. I don't think they were, they were pristine in their execution. I mean, that deep throw early in the game to Jacoby Myers, it's right on them. And I I would say nine out of ten times, you know, I've watched the Patriots play all the time. Jacoby Myers makes that catch, and he didn't. You know, and and the red zone turnover, killer. You know, killer. Nice little drive going before the end of the half. Gonna get the ball to start the second half. And he, and he just throws it right to Darius Leonard. Something we talked about, right? We said on the show yesterday, you gotta look off these these defenders because they're a zone concept defense and they're gonna follow your head to the football. And Mac didn't do that. But Mac grew up in that game. Mac kind of grew up in that game and as we're watching it, Mac's not a rookie anymore. You could see it. I mean, you could see his decision making, his accuracy, and his ability to lead his team back. There's some building you can do from that game.
2: Well, your heart was with the Pats for a multitude of reasons, but you could infer throughout the week that you were leaning Colts. And if you missed yesterday's yeah. show, this is a big deal because the Lombardi Line is now available as a podcast. Take us with you anywhere. Listen and subscribe. iHeart, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. So yesterday's show is available as a podcast. Today's will be as well. But it did it, the inference from you all week was, and it closed one and a half, is that you thought the Colts were in a good spot here?
3: Yeah, I really did because I, I, I think that the way the new you see we keep stat we keep talking about off. By weeks and we keep quoting coaches off of bye weeks as if with the cumulative record and certainly with Belichick and Andy Reid because they've been doing it for so long. But these buys are different than before. Right. These buys are way different. You've got to give the players a lot of time off. And I I think it's hard to get that execution. New England is a program that needs practice. New England is a program that needs player development. New England is a program that needs routine and they've got to stay in it. And I think that buy hurt their execution. You could see it on the tape. You could see it right on the tape. And so they didn't play well. They played a C game. They played a C game, and I don't know if what what game Indianapolis, Indianapolis, let's say they played an A game, especially in the offensive line and the running game, but to me, when the rematch happens, I think it'll be a different outcome. I really do. I have to ask you
2: one thing, uh, Taylor. So impressive, obviously. The kid's awesome. Uh, 29 attempts. So, Reich, it's, it's incrementally gone up throughout the year where they've kind of saved him. And 29 rush attempts for 170, almost six a pop there in a touchdown, Michael.
3: Yeah, and I don't know. You know, to me, he's their offense, and Reich gets it. That's why I was wondering about the third and eight. What's he do? Does he put the ball in Wentz's hands? He can't, right? You know, because if New England gets that ball back, they are going to go down the field. They're going to kick a field goal or they're going to score a touchdown and win the game. I mean, they had such momentum. Now, they lost Harry on the last drive, which hurt them because they were also lost to Aguilar, so they're down receivers. But to me, that that break, he breaks the tackle of Hightower, who's not a small man. I mean, is 250 pounds. That was a tremendous run. This kid... Obviously, you know, he's got to be in the MVP conversation because he lifts this offense. And I know they've got to send a first round pick now to the Philadelphia Eagles for Carson Wentz. But if you're Chris Ballard and you're all the people in Indianapolis, you're a little nervous about expanding this passing game, especially under pressure. I mean, he truly became Ricky Fowler under pressure last night. We called it, uh, Patrick. We did. You know, he's not good under pressure. He makes bad decisions. I mean, the interception he throws to McCourty was a bad decision. The, the, the one he almost throws to J.C. Jackson at the beginning of the third quarter was another one. J.C. Jackson catches that ball nine out of ten times.
2: Favorite in the clubhouse right now, MVP, is still Tom Brady. Last we checked, he was minus 150. Second petting favorite is Aaron Rodgers. Here comes our buddy Jonathan Taylor. He's sitting 14-1 to one on the board right now, jumping up.
3: I I don't think he can win it, but I certainly think he is the straw that stirs their drink. There's no doubt. And And I give Frank Wright credit because Frank Wright is willing to accept that and run the ball and do the things he has to do with Jonathan Taylor. I mean, look, they're two for 10 on third down. But that's a little misleading, right? Because they were in three situations on third down where it was very short, and they went for it. And with a 6'6 quarterback, you know, I think Wright's smart to go for it on fourth down in those situations. People say, you know, nobody's giving Frank Wright credit because he went for it on fourth down. Those fourth down conversions are way different than Brendan Staley's fourth down conversions, right? Let's put that in perspective. Because Wright knew during that game that if he got the ball back to New England, New England's offense was humming. They were throwing the ball effectively.
2: Yeah, wanted to ask you about the, We talked about the Staley situation, so wanted to carry over. Three times they went for it on fourth and one. the Colts, got all three on sneaks. But you were cool with all, all three of them?
3: I think he had to. I think, that, that again, that's situational football, right? I think he had to do that because I think what he was doing was saying, look, if I give this ball back to them, you know, they're going to score. They're going to, they're going to get back in this game. And he knew he needed to take control of the clock. You know, when Belichick went to kick that field goal, what Belichick was thinking, and all the analytical people, you know, were all upset because he didn't go for it. He, kicked, he took the three points. But in Belichick's mind, what I think he was thinking, and I didn't talk to him, so I don't know, but this is in my mind. He's thinking, I'm going to get two more possessions. I'm gonna get two more. I'm gonna stop him here, I'll get the ball back, and then I'm gonna get it again. And if Hightower makes the tackle, right, now the margin for error is really slim. Really, mm-hmm. really slim, really slim. But if Hightower makes that tackle, he might have a second chance at the ball and win the game. He might have it, you know? And so that's why I think he kicked the field goal there. Because if he misses the field goal there and doesn't have points, right, now all of a sudden, can he actually, now he's got it. what, what happens? He's way behind. I don't think he thinks he can get back. I think the most disappointing play of the game, the most disappointing play of the game for a lot of reasons was when they kicked off when Indianapolis was expecting the onside kick. When they kicked off there and they didn't do a good job of tackling him inside the 20, I think that probably annoyed Belichick more than any play in the game.
2: Two special teams plays probably stand out for him the most yesterday.
3: No doubt. And, and look, give, give Bubba Ventrone, a former Patriot assistant and the special teams coach, I mean, did a great job. I mean, Cody, Cody Jones is calling out the protection. They just didn't block the guy. I mean, they didn't block the guy. You could see him calling out the protection. They adjusted the protection. It took a while for that snap to come, and they didn't. This is uncharacteristic of a Belichickian coach team. Three block punts on the season, you know, and no one works more on punt protection than the Patriots do. And, and they got beat at it. Hats off to the Patriots. Hats off to the to the Colts.
2: Yeah, It, it really is a pretty miraculous turnaround. Although, you know, they've led so often in these games, the Colts. Uh, but they still sit here 8-6. and six. They're still alive in division, to be fair. But they're sitting atop the wild card in the AFC right. as well.
3: I, I mean, that game had all the way of going the other way. Look, look, I think that game was a lot closer than the score. And I was it saying felt that like to it. a couple. It was way closer than the score. And I think if you understand the dynamics of the game, I think that that, that that because New England didn't play their best game. New England was not playing their best. They didn't control the line. And I think not having Damian Harris also hurt them because without Damian Harris, they don't have that two-back power combo. Right? And then Brandon Bolden gets plays extended to him. And I think that becomes a little bit problematic. Not that Bolden's not a good player. I'm not saying that. But it just puts more on his plate. And I think that they missed Harris last night. Not an excuse. Look, the Colts won fair and square. But in football, you've got to handicap both teams. And you've got to understand both teams. And I think both teams are outstanding. I think this could be, if if one of them has to play Kansas City, you know that'll be a challenge. But I think this could be a playoff game again. I said it before. I think it will be again. It's a hell of a game. Fun game. Enjoyed it. Saturday night. It really was. You know? It was a strategic game, and it was a game that I think that the Patriots will look back on and saying, look, we can, if we play well, we'll beat anybody. But if we play like this, we'll lose to anybody.
2: Get the sense Reich knows what he's doing too, right? I mean, he's a good coach.
3: I give him credit because I think he really, as much as he loves, as much as he loves Wentz, I think he understands that I've got to protect my team, that the guy who carries our team is Taylor.
2: Yeah. Well put. Okay. So two and Oh, start to the week as the trend continues for the favorites as the Colts cover, of course, a cover on Thursday night as well. Week 15, the most bet game on the board right now, bills Panthers. When we come back, we'll discuss some ankles, Josh Allen. It's up to 14. My guess is he's going to play. We'll discuss that and more week 15 here on the Lombardi line presented by bet MGM. It's visa the sports betting network.
3: to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive
0: Michael Lombardi... Once again, here's Patrick Maher. All
2: right, football season is here. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. It has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino here on the Strip. Bring that Nevada ID. You're betting within minutes. Got to be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-522-4700. Lombardi Line, Week 15. We got you back here on Vison the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher, of course. He's Michael Lombardi there at the Borgata in Jersey. It's going to be a busy day. It's going to be an exciting day as we take a look at the board here. Uh, we talked about the game in Buffalo. Yesterday it was sitting somewhere 12 ish, 13. Guess what? Josh Allen's playing because this number has jumped to 14 and a half with Carolina in town. Josh Allen's going to give it a go, Michael Lombardi.
3: Yeah, and I think that the, the reaction to the loss last night by the Patriots gives some juice to Buffalo, and I think betters see this as an opportunity that Buffalo's not going to pass this up that Buffalo's going to come out and kind of put them away quickly and, and, and beat them by more than two touchdowns. And Buffalo has had a history of playing really well against poorer teams, and they've been able to really put them away. Uh, Derek Brown, the defensive lineman for the Carolina Panthers, he's not on the COVID list. So this fits up perfectly, and you can see why a lot of people are betting Buffalo because they feel like, look, he's gonna, they're going to come out and they're going to get control of this game just like they did against Houston or Washington early in the season, and their offense will click.
2: Yep, well put. 14 and a half, that's a big number. A great point about the added juice with the Patriots losing and the in-division showdown coming up this week. And a Carolina team that's struggling. What do you expect from Cam in this matchup here?
3: Look, I think Carolina, the formula for beating them, I mean, they've lost three out of the last four games, right? You know, and so the formula for beating them is you got to run the ball. you got to be physical. you got to do what Indianapolis did. you got to do what New England did, not to the extreme of New England, because I don't think the weather's going to be as prohibitive as it, as it was on that day. But I think you've got to do it as, as you've got to run the ball. You've got to control the clock. You've got to have a lot of quarterback runs. You've got to stay out of a lot of third downs. And you've got to keep Josh Allen in the pocket. You've got to force him to play quarterback, force him to not run around, and let him be the leading rusher on the team. Challenging for Carolina. But, look, Carolina's defense is good, and they need to play good. They didn't play good last week. I mean, that was really as bad as Cam was and as bad as their We know their offense is limited. Their best player is not playing. You know, they only have a couple COVID cases with Derek Brown, McCaffrey's got COVID, even though he's on IR, he's out anyway. And then Matt Barkley, the backup quarterback. So I think this is a game where Carolina's defense has to take control because the weakness of Buffalo is their offensive line. And you've got to be able to pressure Allen, just like Jacksonville did. Jacksonville was able to put pressure on Allen with their front four.
2: If you want to lay a big price with Buffalo, careful Panthers, 8-1 ATS, or last 9 as a road dog, 11-5 and ATS, or last 16 as a dog overall. That is Carolina. Okay, we shift to Baltimore. The question, now, it appears it's a bone bruise. That's what Schefter was reporting this morning with Jackson, Michael. Uh, whether or not he plays game-time decision, we do know the number indicates he may not. Green Bay is sitting 7 in Baltimore.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I was told he's not going to play. So, I, And I think that number is very much of an indication he's not going to play. I'm told that he may be missed next week. You know, this is the old, you know, hey, Kyler Murray might play, he might play. Oh, he's not going to play. And all of a sudden, he's not going to play next week. You know, we'll get down to the We'll get to Cincinnati later. But for me, this is an interesting game because the Packers are missing three offensive linemen as well. And this secondary for the Ravens is completely beat up completely beat up and Mm -hmm. cease and 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 one of their starting safeties is out so you know you're talking about a a depleted defense against an offensive line that's got a lot of beat up players now we know rogers is going to play even though our board indicates he's not there's nobody's declared this is a funny game patrick on our board the betting board where we get all the offshore numbers and everything it's still green bay and baltimore still don't have a quarterback registered so yeah, Rodgers, he's going to give it a go. But we know Rodgers is going to go. And against a very depleted secondary, you know, this is going to be a real challenge for the Baltimore defense. I think they're going to try to encourage the, the Packers to run the football. You know, run it. Give them a front that they'll run the ball and try to reduce the game and, and stay in it. I, again, I don't think Lamar's going to play, so I think it's going to be a challenge for Baltimore's offense to really generate a lot. Now, Breen Bazemus and Kenny Kenny, Kenny Clark inside, so that really hurts them as well. But these two outside rushers, that's really been the difference, Gary and Smith.
2: BetMGM reporting, Bills-Panthers is the most heavily bet game. As far as handle, the Packers are the most heavily bet over at BetMGM. Michael, uh, two things on offense. One, Watkins is out, COVID, and Marquise Brown, who is ill, looks like he's going to give it a go at wide receiver.
3: Right. And, you know, again, it's all going to come predicated on who's going to play, you know, who's playing quarterback. And I think they've got to be able to, you know, you're going to have to run the ball on Green Bay. You've got to reduce the game. You've got to reduce the game. If you're Baltimore, you've got to try to find a way to reduce the game and limit the amount of time that Mr. Rogers is in the neighborhood. You've got to limit that. You can't let him have it and throw it because he's going to throw it all over the place against this depleted secondary. I mean, they can't cover Now, they're going to try to take Devontae Adams out of the game, but, you know, we'll see what happens. There's no Randall Cobb, but scaling, can he do? Can he make a play? Can Lassard Can the tight end? It's a challenge for Baltimore, and they want to blitz and play man-to-man, but they're going to have to change their entire style on how to play this game I think it's going to be a challenge I really do you're feeling good if you're
2: Baltimore as far as Huntley played very very well in relief last week Tyler
3: Huntley yeah it did and you know but I, I think I think in those situations you know when a guy comes in off the bench the defensive coordinator this is why Al Davis used to make the defensive coordinator for the Raiders study every college quarterback because when, when you have that quick shift in a game You've got to really have a great recall of what you're playing and what you need to do and change your defensive of game plan to fit the player you're going against. And I, I think sometimes defensive coordinators get caught off guard in that situation, whereas now you've had a week to prepare. I don't think the Packers have ha, had any illusions that Lamar Jackson's going to play. I think everybody thinks he's not, right? Now, maybe he shocks us all and he plays. But from what I'm told, he won't. And I think they've prepared for you know, Huntley to play
2: so the packers can clinch the north today with a win and a tire a loss coming up monday from the vikings baltimore in a good spot as a dog here they're 3-0 ats as a dog this season speaking of minnesota just quickly a note that came down today kind of a big one brashad breeland has been cut by the vikings he started all 13 games at cornerback a veteran there for the team
3: yeah, no, you know, and he mouthed off to the coaches, and they just said enough is enough, and they, and they moved in another direction. I mean, you know, to save your culture, you've you got to get rid of the players that are affecting your culture, and obviously this kid was doing it. That's another interesting line, Patrick. I mean, that's a real fast – that line was 3.5, and, and then it's it up shot to up six. to 5. and it, Now it's at 6. And, and here's the thing that's so unbelievable about this game is we know Minnesota is always in close games, A. B, they don't play well in Chicago, Right. I mean, it's hard for them in Chicago. And, you know, they have trouble getting control of the game defensively. Look at the fourth quarter against Pittsburgh.
2: Well, it's well put. Uh, by the way, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette expected to play despite dealing with the injury. It looks like Brown is going to be good to go as well. That, coming, getting up, cut? that coming up tonight. So we've had an about face from Bruce, Bruce Arians. He, all of a sudden, he's a big fan. Uh, excuse yeah. me. Bruce Arians is run by Tom Brady. And Tom Brady said, yeah. no, no, no. Antonio Brown's going to stick around, Bruce. Sit yeah, down, Mr. A, Biscuit.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know.
2: Look, you <laughs> at like you can't. Well, I don't want me to say. You're gobsmacked. I, mean, you know, I got I mean, you, like, bro. I got you. It's it's 11, by the way. New Orleans in town with your boy Taysom.
3: And I mean, other than other than the playoff game, and even in that game, you know, they played New Orleans. New Orleans plays Tampa well. I mean, 11 is a lot of points. If there's one dog you want to take, and, and what concerns me about this game more than ever is the offensive line of, of New Orleans. They're missing both their tackles. Both starting tackles. Now, they've missed both starting tackles for a while, so that's been a problem. I mean, but last week, Armstead played, but now he's hurt, so James Hurst has to go over there, you know, and Jordan Mills is going to play right tackle. This is not the kind of team you want to not have your starting tackles play, especially with the Bucks' defensive front, especially with the Bucks' ability to pressure with Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, and all their guys that they can, so this is a tough matchup for me. I, I, I really see this, but look, Taysom hills back it lets them have quarterback runs kamara's back hard to run the ball on, on tampa bay hard to run the ball on tampa bay they're gonna have to throw it do they make enough explosive plays especially with those two tackles out that's a hard one 11's a lot 11's a lot i could see people taking this number because of pass, but the pass is way different now without your best play caller sean payton and without your two tackles good point the, if you're just getting involved
2: in wagering and you take a look at the board here on a week 15, this is not an anomaly. This is not COVID chaos that you're seeing all these double-digit favorites. Uh, business decisions are made this late in the season, to, to put it kindly. Yeah. And motivation, is very, there's, a, there's a big divergence as
3: far as motivation for many of these teams. The book is trying to lure you into taking some dogs. You know, the favorites killed last week, and the favorites have started off so far this week doing well. You know, And so I think that that's more than anything. I think there's these these lines. I mean, there's certainly taxes put into some of these lines. I mean, the Mike Lennon tax for the Giants. I mean, that's a tax. You know, you would easily think, okay, 10 and a half. The Giants usually play pretty well against the Cowboys, especially at home. You know, Dak's not playing well. That's a lot of points, 10 and a half. You know, but then you got, then do you want to really bet Mike Lennon? Are you willing to do that? And then the Giants have no secondary. Are you willing to do that? I don't have a. I know you. I know the the, the line that Vinny quotes all the time. Sharps play numbers. I get that, but as I always tell Josh McDaniels, they're not uh, Josh uh, uh, Applebaum. They're not. They're it's it's coke machines. If you do that, you got to look at the game, and the Giants are beat up.
2: It is a Sunday, so I'm going to send a quick prayer. Please, Lord, don't let the Glennon family watch this show. When we come back, Will Hill's going to join me. I mean, Mike Glennon just gets crushed. You know what? His bank account makes him feel better. When we come back, we'll Should, get to our sure. God, bless, <laughs> him. God sure. bless him. God bless him. God bless Mike Glennon. We come back. Will Hill next year in Lombardi Land.
0: To the Lombardi line on vSend, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's
2: Patrick Maher. All right, first bet, express bet. Get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code Vegas1000 over at ExpressBet and receive $10 instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. Visit for everything horse racing. Go to vcin.com slash horses. For details, it's vcin.com slash horses. Use the bonus code Vegas1000. Michael Lombardi there at the Borgata. Sorry, I'm guessing it's chilly there. It was like 20-something degrees
3: when I was driving in here in Vegas today. So <laughs> it's yeah. It's starting to get cold here now. We were warm and then it's going to get cold. So, and it's rainy and the weather's kind of. It is December, as the great Bill Berman would say. Expect what we're going to, you know, what yep. are we going to expect in December? You yep. know, we've got to get our mittens out. We've got to get our hats on and, you know, deal with it, right? We live in the East, you know, that's, that's part of the deal. I Be dare up, you to, to do the, the show weather. with mittens on, by the way.
2: <laughs> show me, show
3: me, show us your mittens. <laughs> I don't have mittens. I don't have mittens. Oh, my hands are always cold, though, but I don't have mittens. It's like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, our buddy Will Hill, he's chilling in Connecticut he has there. Of course, he's got his mittens on. It's the New York City cast, and we say hi. Good morning, Will. How are you? What's
5: going on, guys? Not too many of these left. Got to enjoy them while we can. Uh, I'm excited for all the football.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right, yep. we've got a theme of catching the hook for you today, which our buddy Stephen Bond put together. Very clever, Stephen. Four and a half. We'll start with the Texans. You're actually going to fade the bump for Meyer leaving here with the Jags.
5: This is just on principle. The Jaguars should not be four-and-a-half, five-point favorites over anybody. Uh, The Texans have actually owned this series for whatever it's worth. They've beaten them seven in a row. They've beaten them 13 out of 15. As much as we talk about the NFL, I don't think it's gotten enough coverage how bad Lawrence has been. He's been awful, and you could put it all on Meyer. You could put it all on the offense. He's made some terrible throws. He's really, uh, you know, if you're the Jaguars, you've got to be a little bit concerned about how he's played. Uh, The Texans already beat them to me. This is just on principle. You can't give any uh, sort of home field for the Jaguars that crowd that they'll they'll be half asleep there in Jacksonville. I don't blame them. If this game was on in my backyard, I draw the blinds. Give me the Texans here plus the four and a
3: half.
2: Just do not make me watch It it. is five and a half now. Just to be clear, you may have gotten a better number, but we're all the way up to five and a half here, Michael.
3: Uh, let me just let me take the other side on this equation here. First of all, Houston's two starting linebackers, Kruger Hill and Kirksey, are out with COVID. Two of the five offensive linemen for the Houston Texans are out, and those two are backups. So now we got backups to the backups. And the one thing I think, if you watch Jacksonville tape during the season, the defensive front plays pretty well. I mean, they did last week against Tennessee. Tennessee struggled with them as well. I just think, to me, Davis Mills, the rookie quarterback, against Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence will be able to. Th- think he can throw the ball against this cover, two, which relies on the speed of the linebackers, which they're not going to have. So I do think it opens up a little bit of offense for the, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Plus, I think he could run the ball. And I think with Urban out of there, they might run the ball a little bit with James Robinson. So I, I agree with Will. Jacksonville shouldn't be favored by anybody. But I think this Houston team is really, really bad. And it's bad-er because of the COVID.
2: When a relationship is bad, you make up, break up. You get that dopamine hit when you get back together. That's like Will Hill and the Detroit Lions. You just can't quit. You can't can't quit. You You can't get the dopamine hit. You love betting the Lions. And today you're going to take the 13 with the Detroit Lions.
5: Yeah, this applies to all the games. Be wary because last week, uh, Thursday and Sunday, the favorites went 11 and two against the spread. There weren't really any upsets other than the Panthers beating the or the Falcons beating the Panthers. Thomas Gable has a way of getting his money back. These dogs have a way of uh, making a comeback. I like the Lions here. I was against them last week. I thought that was a tough spot going to Denver off of a win in altitude. I thought they would get buried having the flu go around. So I don't hold that against them. Going into last week, they were 8-4 against the spread. They've been feisty. They've been in a lot of these games. It took a miracle for the Ravens to beat them. They could have beaten the Vikings twice. You know, They led the Packers at halftime. To me, 12-and-a-half uh, with no Hopkins is a lot of points at home in Detroit. Detroit you know, keeps playing. They call timeouts you know, down 21 with a minute left. Why, I don't know. But uh, this team, I think, will be in this game. It's ugly. It has a chance of looking bad. But I'm going to take the Lions here plus the 12-and-a-half. Of course, Arizona you
3: know, in town. Yeah, Arizona, I mean, look, the, the, this is, uh, you know, I agree. Hopkins, I, I didn't think Hopkins was healthy before he hurt the MCL. So I, I do think that affects their offense and, you know, puts a lot of pressure on Kirk and, and A.J. Green. And Connor may not be 100% in this game, too. So, you know, Murray's got to play better. I think that's the one thing. He's coming off the injury. The last two games for Kyler Murray, he hasn't played as well. He only threw the ball, I think, like 15 times against Chicago and, and for 120-some yards. And then last week, he did not wait, play well despite the numbers he really cost them the game in terms of his inability to to hit the open receivers got A.J. Green running for a touchdown early in the game and he and misses them. so you know if he if 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 Murray plays like he did last week I think Detroit will cover.
2: Will the next one up of course our buddy Will Hill here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM you were going to lay the nine and a half with the 49ers I'll give you a better number how about eight and a half with Atlanta in town.
5: Yeah, usually San Fran's not a margin team. They're not a team that wins by double digits. They play a lot of these close games. But if you look at the numbers, man, this is kind of a mismatch. Despite the records, where they're similar, the Falcons have been outscored by 108 points. Some of the metrics, I know DVO has them as the 32nd worst, uh, the 32nd team in the league, the worst team in the league. The Niners, to me, are a good team, a dangerous team. Uh, I think they win this game by 10 plus points. You always have to worry with San Francisco's secondary about a backdoor cover, but uh, I just think San Francisco is much better up front, both sides of the ball. I like San Francisco here laying
3: the points. I think when you look at this game on paper, and certainly when I do my power rankings, that's all paper, right? It's all statistical data. I mean, I have this as 11.25 games. San Francisco should be favored, you know, because Atlanta's numbers are atrocious. And if you ever took Cordell Patterson out of those numbers, they'd be even worse. So, you know, on paper, this is clearly a 49er play. But like Will said, 49ers tend to play games down to their opponent, especially at home.
2: I just realized I don't think I've ever seen your boy Mutton Chops Arthur Smith speak, the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> and I don't know if there's a more nondescript team, Will Hill, this year than the Atlanta Falcons sitting six and seven. I mean, they're in the mix, I guess. You could, you could make an argument for them, but it's just so nondescript this year.
5: Yeah, and if you bet the over seven wins, you're probably at least going to get a push. I mean, they got four chances here to win one game. I do want to add one thing. Jimmy Smith, I just saw, tested positive. The Ravens corner for COVID. So, Jimmy Smith is oh my out for the gosh. Ravens today.
2: Oh,
3: my gosh. Yeah. That, that,
2: that secondary, Michael, the Ravens secondary is humping yeah. out. I mean, they're just
3: completely decimated. Uh, and Mr. Rogers is coming to town. And, you know, and they're going to have to do everything in their power to, to try to encourage him to call run plays and figure they could win the game. Maybe they could slow the game down and, you know, keep it lower scoring than if they give up the big chunk plays. Challenging day for Baltimore. Baltimore somehow comes out of this. They always find a way. But, look, well, the last time they played at home against Joe Burrow in that passing game, they couldn't cover and they were healthier. Have
2: to ask you, Will, tomorrow night, Minnesota jumped from 3.5 up to 6 favoritism there in Chicago.
5: Uh, that's, uh, I think that's based on who Chicago's missing. Uh, just historically, that has been a house of horrors for the Vikings. I think they've lost 16 out of their last 21. They've lost five out of six in this matchup together, uh, just combined. Tough matchup for the Vikings. They never trust them. The Vikings are the better team. They just struggle in that building for whatever reason. Uh, Theo is his question, you figure the Vikings will find a way to win the game, but I can't trust them to lay six on the road against anybody. They're just uh, too conservative in these games. The Steelers game, I mean, Look, they, they just let their opponent hang around. Now, they do have 10 days of rest, but uh, I just can't lay six with them.
2: Would you yeah, take I mean, that, that – it's it's a heavy number, right, Michael? I mean, it, it is a lot. I agree six. with him.
3: It's hard. I mean, I have – but I have a hard time. I'm different than most uh, handicappers. I have a hard time. I The number is important, but the name of the coach bothers – I can't, can I turn in with Matt Nagy? I mean, seriously. I mean, I, I just don't see that one.
2: You know it would be great if – if Matt Nagy, all of a sudden, well, he did have your boy as a, he did have the uh, Glennon as a quarterback at one point. On I was going to say, yeah, if, we, if we put those yeah. two together, that'd be a perfect match for you.
3: You just got, you got to bet against bad quarterbacks. I think, I think this is where we are in this part of the season. Bet against bad quarterbacks because the book is given these numbers are inflated and you got to bet against bad quarterbacks.
2: would you take last night from the Colts cover, Will Hill?
5: Good game. I mean, that was a
2: physical game. It got chippy. I thought
5: it was fun. I thought a play, it didn't end up mattering, but I, I didn't understand why it was offsetting personal fouls between Pittman and Duggar, unless I missed something. That was a critical play because it was third and three uh, fringe field goal range. It would have given the Colts a first down in the red zone, up 20 to nothing. It didn't look like Pittman did a whole lot. I mean, Duggar was throwing punches. Pittman was just taking them, and they got offsetting personal fouls. that really uh, could have swung the game. Uh, Of course, Badgley ends up missing the kick. That guy's going to cost the Colts. He is not a good kicker. You can't trust that guy. But, you know, fun game. I think it's very possible we see a rematch. Colts are a good team. They're dangerous.
2: Yep, hundred percent. Now again, I don't know if you've checked out property, whether it's E or Royal Oak or Clawson, Michigan, but you should you should really look into it. I mean, you are a big
3: <laughs> you are
2: a big Honolulu oh, blue and look, silver look, guy. Look,
3: I, I tell you what, he loves, and, and you know, my man will will, will play some bad. T- you know, I'm shocked he's not on the Jets today. I'm shocked he loves going Uh-oh. on the Jets. Oh really? So I you, understand. Have,
2: you have something there, Mr. New York. <laughs>
3: I have standards.
5: I cannot do Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's terrible. He's going to be out of the league in four years. He's not an NFL quarterback. I'm just telling
2: you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ten starts in. He gone. Uh, he by gone. the way, that number is where are we sitting with the, oh, the that Jets? That's up to ten. That's it's up, up to ten. Oh, Miami's laying 10, ten in that one. My goodness. Yeah,
3: ten. My Yeah, I mean, Miami's laying ten. Teaser protection. And, and look, the, these are, these are, this is going to be a hard game for, we can talk about it after the break, but Zach Wilson get zero blitz coverage, I think it's problematic.
2: All right, Detroit, Will, again, it's the New York City cast from a guy that loves Michigan. Thank you, Will, appreciate you. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Beeson.com slash podcasts for more information and Point Spread Weekly as well. When we come back, Josh is going to join us on market report. Don't forget, you can follow Michael, Beeson.com. Us on at VSN Live, I should say, and Michael Lombardi, M Lombardi NFL on Twitter. We're coming back here on the Lombardi
3: line, presented by BetMGM. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.
0: We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that. He is and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win!
2: At MGM today, the king of sportsbooks, you placed a $10 Moneyline wager on any pro football game. If any team scores a touchdown, you're gonna to win $200 paid for in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VSIN200, VSIN200 on your first bet. Okay, it's like you've never had it before over at BetMGM, it's awesome. VSIN200, anybody scores a touchdown, a $10 investment could win you $200 paid for in free bets. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Reward issued as is a non-withdrawable free bet on site. It's 1-800-GAMBLER for more information. Lombardi Line Week 15. I'm Patrick Maher live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi there at the Borgata. We bring in for our first market report of the day, Josh Applebaum. Market Insights is the pod, VEASAN.com slash podcast. I, I, I think this is awesome. So it's COVID chaos. What you've come with today is some Week 15 COVID betting tips, Josh, as we say good morning. Hi. Good morning, Patrick.
1: Good morning, Michael. Happy NFL Week 15 here, guys. And yeah, you know, just when we're going into this week, number one, I think you guys mentioned, Michael mentioned it, favorites have been killing it. If you actually go back since Week 13, remember, this has been a big dog year really up until the last couple of weeks. But since Week 13, favorites 21-9, and 9, ATS 70%. John Ewing pointed out on Twitter, if you're a favorite of seven or more since week 13, you're 12-1 and one ATS. So I think this might set up for a regression-type week. You know, the sportsbooks have been taking a hit recently with all these chalk favorites doing well. Um, so maybe you're looking towards some dogs and some inflated numbers to take advantage of today. But specifically, guys, just some COVID-based betting tips. Because I think, you know, we're all in this together. We're all trying to deal with these crazy line moves. Like, you know, Vegas and Cleveland. Cleveland opened minus six. All the COVID dropped it all the way to Vegas minus three. Now you're getting some Cleveland guys who could play. It's back to Cleveland minus three. So, kind of just some tips today, guys. I think it's the hardest week of the NFL this week to try to to try to figure out where uh, the sharp money is, predicting COVID stuff. It's just a difficult week. So, I think this is the best week to be selective, limit your bets. You know, if you if you, let's say you make maybe five bets uh, every NFL Sunday, maybe today you make one or two. Uh, lean on teasers as well. If you want to bet against these COVID teams, uh, I would tease down their opponent, get a little bit of wiggle room, increase uh, your chances of winning to kind of limit this volatility here. Try not to lay the worst of the number, like Carolina-Buffalo, guys. If Buffalo, you know, rolls and wins by 21, you're like, it doesn't matter. I should have laid the 14, but they opened minus 10. So I just don't think laying the worst of the number after the line is moved is really a smart move in general. Obviously, shop around. With all this COVID stuff, different books have different numbers. One book might have a minus three. One might have a two and a half. Then lastly, tip of the cap to Michael Lombardi, who really uh, hammered this home for me when we first started doing Lombardi lines work backwards eliminate games first i think a lot of betters look at a slate and say hey i want to bet this i want to bet this but think of it the other way eliminate the COVID games eliminate the games with crazy line moves if you don't want any part of the volatility scratch those off and kind of isolate games that you like and again work backwards not really looking uh at games first eliminate games first. good
2: good one let's start there let's let's start with where he ended and that's what we call a hall and oats play michael lombardi where why don't you let the audience <laughs> yeah. know on a weekend here um a john oats play how you just eliminate when you look at the
3: board you know, there's just certain games that you're just hard to handicap, but especially now, as Josh mentioned, about the COVID. I mean, it's just really difficult. There, there are games that uh, you don't understand. I mean, like Houston to Houston, Jacksonville. Everybody is caught up with Jacksonville because of the emotion and with, with Urban being gone. Certainly, that's going to have a huge impact, but I think what they're missing the boat on is Houston, and they're not paying attention to the COVID injuries on Houston. Houston has two starting linebackers. Both guys play well for them in their defense. They're not a good team by no means. They don't score a lot of points but their defense plays for about 45 minutes well and without those two guys I don't think they'll play 40 minutes well you know I think they'll be down about 30 minutes as opposed to 45 and then offensively they lose two starting offensive linemen and their offensive line was a disaster so you're thinking this line is moving because of Urban Meyer but it's moving because of COVID and unless you can really get your hands around it I think you should just lay off games.
2: Okay, well put. So, Josh, we were talking to Will about the Jets at Miami. That number jumped from 8.5 up to 10 with Miami laying it. Let's start there with your cap.
1: Yes, yeah, so this is a game where we're seeing some respected money hit the Miami Dolphins, and I think they're in a really good teaser spot, as Will Hill mentioned. So you look at the Jets, they're 3-10. and Right now they would get the fourth pick overall, uh, 1-5 their last six. They're on the, really the downstretch here. You look at Miami, though, and again, differing motivations. Miami unlikely to make the playoffs, but they're quote-unquote in the hunt. You start one and seven. You've won five straight. You're coming off a buy now. If you look at favorites off a buy like Miami, 57% ATS the last decade. Now we saw Miami actually open minus eight and a half. It's gotten all the way up to ten. And this was kind of nine and a half, uh, you know, eight and a half to nine and a half throughout the week. That big, that next move up to ten is meaningful because there's been really no buyback here on the Jets. Uh, Miami's only getting 59% of bets. So this isn't like a team getting 90% of bets that has a line move in their favor. It's relatively split. Yet the line's going to Miami. Uh, If you look at double-digit favorites, guys, at home this year, they're 13-8, and 62%. And the advantage, I think, here, guys, is Miami's defense, you know, uh, or actually Miami's offense. They're both only scoring uh, about 19 a game, but Miami's only giving up 22 defensively. Jets are giving up 31. Uh, I think it's a teaser spot. You take a minus 10 down to minus 4, give yourself some wiggle room, bet against Zach Wilson. Uh, And also, Michael, there was some under money there, open 43 down to 42. 58% of bets on the under, but 86% of dollars on the under. Late season divisional under is 57%. I would
3: tease down the Dolphins here, and you could maybe tease up the total and look at that under. You know, I think the last time they played, Flacco played. Remember, that was the controversial game. Why are you playing Flacco and not Mike White? Because Mike White had played well. But Flacco could handle those blitz zero coverage. Now we're going to get Zach Wilson in it. I mean, the last time they played, you know, Flacco played really well. And Miami still won by seven. Now you replace Flacco with Zach Wilson. This, to me, if you're playing Miami in the nine and a half, I don't think Miami's better than any team uh, nine and a half. You're, this, is a, this is a statement against a bad quarterback or a quarterback who's not ready to handle pressure right now. And I think that's why I like Miami here at nine and a half. It opened up this morning. I, I, well, I posted it on, and I'll post it on my, on my uh, today when we do the lines. But to me, that's why. Miami can move the football effectively against a bad jet defense. And then, B, I think Wilson will turn the ball over three times in this game, which will allow Miami to build the lead.
2: For many, the most perplexing number of the week, even with some big numbers, is Denver laying the three, hosting Cincy. Josh, where are you?
1: Yeah, so I think Michael and I may disagree on this one, but I like Denver in this spot, guys. It really jumped out to me is if you look at BetMGM, uh, you know, Denver's getting only like 29% of bets, 71% of bets are on the Cincinnati Bengals here, both teams in the hunt, both seven and six. Uh, overall, you know, as of right now, you would look at uh, the Bengals here as the nine seed, Denver as a 10 seed. So it's a huge game for both teams if they want to make the playoffs. But it really jumped out to me, guys. This reminds me a lot of the Browns against the Ravens last week, where the popular bet was the road team, yet the line kind of reverse line moved to. To that home team remember we had the uh the uh the cleveland browns open minus one and a half they get all the way up to three Now, if you laid the three late or the two and a half, you lost because they only won by two. This is a money line play for me, guys. Everybody's betting Cincy, yet that line moved from Denver minus one and a half up to the key number minus three at minus 150 on the money line. To me, I want to be with this, uh, you know, this respected money, but I also don't want to lay the worst of the numbers. This is a money line play on the Broncos, guys, uh, in my opinion. Also, the under open 44 and a half down to 44. Denver's 10 and three to the under this year. And if you look at the total when it's 45 or less, these lower end totals, they've hit to the under 56 percent this year. Uh, But Michael, I
3: think you might be leaning on Bengals in this one. Yeah, because I see the money on Denver. I, I mean, I see it here on my board. Thirty-three percent of the money is the tickets are on Denver, but sixty-seven percent of the money, the line's moving, and I don't understand it. Like I was having a conversation here this morning with a really well-known sharp that works that lives here at the building, and we I asked him who he liked. He said I, I love Cincinnati today, and I said I do too, but I don't understand this. Like I don't understand why this line's moving. I think Denver's a nice team. I do worry about Cincinnati's offensive line, but I'm going to take Burrow in this game. I think Burrow will throw the ball. I know Cincinnati has trouble protecting him, but I think when you watch that second half of that San Francisco game, you know, he got them back in the game. He takes hits and keeps on ticking. I, I, I don't see it. I, I don't see it. I don't understand it. It's been a confusing game for me all week. I thought there was somebody making a position in this game, uh, you know, making a statement, and I asked the Sharp who knows that guy who makes the position, and he said he hadn't heard anything about that.
2: Finally, Josh, the Tennessee opened two and a half at Pittsburgh. Most books got to pick them now, so money going Pittsburgh's way. Where are you?
1: Yeah, I'm going Pittsburgh on the money line, guys. This reminds me a lot of the Colts game yesterday. Remember, that was kind of a popular play Patriots. Same thing here, popular play Tennessee. Yet, we're seeing a dog-to-fave line move toward uh, the the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of these books open, as you mentioned, Patrick. Tennessee laying 2.5 on the road. We've actually seen it completely flip now to Steelers minus 1.5. Now, we are seeing a little buyback right now. I think the 1.5, and maybe there were some teasers there on Tennessee. That 1.5 with the Steelers is now down to 1. I see some pickums there, there. And remember, we saw some late movement back to the Patriots last night. You know, two and a half down to one. So even though you're getting maybe a little late movement back toward Tennessee, if you look at the start to now, it's all been moving toward the Steelers, guys. Uh, so you have a rest advantage here. You know, the Steelers last played Thursday versus Sunday here uh, for Tennessee. Uh, also, it's a buy low spot where really the Steelers have struggled here. You know, they're only one in three their last four. They have the sixth worst ATS rate this year. They're only five and eight ATS. So public bettors who have bet on the Steelers have lost. That makes me kind of want to buy low on them. And, guys, this is an overplay, too. It opened 41. One and a half to the total. It's up to now 43 and a half or 44. 65% of bets, but 87% of money is on the over. And actually, it's a misconception, guys. It's gonna be really cold in Pittsburgh, but when it's really cold, uh 30 degrees or less, the over is actually 55 percent. It's really only wind that really benefits unders.
2: Michael, hold off on your comments because I want to let you stretch out on that one. Titan Steelers, we're gonna start the top of the second hour there. Fascinating as again that number a them as the Titans open two and a half. Josh, great job. Market insights is the pot. Come back and run the board with us, okay? Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Josh Josh. Josh underscore insights. Come back and get Michael's take on that. Titans-Steelers. I I can't figure out the Steelers. And then I want to circle back to that Bengal game as we continue here. Week 15, Lombardi Line, VEASAN, The Sports Betting Network.